part two of our 13 questions that will define the 21-22 Phoenix Suns season coming up with Suns beat writer Dwayne Rankin right after this. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons and your host here every single day. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. We are just a few days, Dwayne, away from the first Suns preseason game. Thank you for joining me uh, for my season preview series here. How are you, sir? All right. All right. How you doing? Good. How has it been uh, seeing the Footprint Center? Or, or I'm sorry, the, the practice facility, rather. I have not uh, gotten in there. You're, you're one of the lucky few. I wouldn't say I'm one of the lucky few. I'll just say I'm fortunate. But, uh, no, nah, it's, 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 it's an incredible structure. <laughs> you can see how $45 million was spent on it. I mean, it's just every amenity that a player could want is in there. We 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 we're just we're not even seeing the full scope of it. we're seeing the court of course but you're seeing the offices and the meeting rooms and stuff like that but we're not even seeing it in its fullness so uh, just based on what 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 we've seen it's it's uh, it's, it's it's an amazing thing uh, you know wonder the players are happy to come to work. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's part of my it's part of my commute every so often, and I just kind of marvel at it. It's huge. It's it's it, they have the Verizon the big logo on it at night that glows and yeah um, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's befitting of the area. But let's get right to it. Let's get right to question number two here of uh, the thirteen questions that will define the Sun season. I teased it to you a little bit. It it revolves around the leadership of this Suns team and really the. I have a more specific question later on, but the, the main way to frame it here is just how will James Jones and Monty Williams continue to lead this franchise? And so what I want to start with you on, Dwayne, is really how James Jones has been the same and different than you expected when he took this job. Because he's such a behind-the-scenes dude that I feel like you would, you know, got the the executive of the year and everything last year, so the accolades came in for him. But still, like he he lingers below behind the surface a little bit. So tell me what has been the same and different than your expectations of just how this guy has led this franchise. I mean, the thing that I thought when he ended up getting the job was that it was going to be. I thought it would take them longer to get where they got. I didn't think it would. I didn't think it would have. Yeah, he flipped it like that. Not that he was the only one that did it. I mean, but I've been saying all along to hire Monty Williams is the best move that he has made and the Suns have made since they made that move. So that that to make that call to get Monty Williams out of being an assistant coach and make it appealing to the point where he decided that this was if he was going to jump back in. It was going to be with this franchise that had won 19 games a year before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 talking about him? Monty might have been looking at that like I mean, I'm not ready to go back to another losing situation because that's what it was. I mean, let's just let's just let's just keep it honest. But uh, things like that, you you really start to discover why James got such praise for his ability to communicate, why he was a player, 
you know, talking about his ability to connect, even when he's not even playing or hardly playing, he still had a voice in the locker room. So when you see what you've seen with him as far as the hire of Williams, convincing, helping convince Chris Paul, you know, all, all the all the the moves to get guys in, and and you know, Chris has become like seems like he's become the recruiter now, uh, and then getting guys to come in, but you know, but he had to be recruited to get here. And, and James had a say in that. So I think that part, now looking back on it, it's like, yeah, you know, I can see how he's able to make these relationships with people. Uh, again, the, the surprise is just how quickly he was able to do it. He hadn't been in management but a minute. And then to be able to go from that to sitting in a, I still have that visual of him sitting baseline at the Western Conference Final, I mean, the Western Conference Finals. And him mm-hmm. shaking hands with Chris and Devin and giving them high fives. And I'm sitting there going, like, he was just hired. It just felt like he was just hired. And now yeah. he, he, he's sitting there with the with the best team in the West. <laughs> well, a- that's no, that's a that's a great place to jump to the next thing that's that I, I am so surprised by about him, which is the the fact that it's worked i mean like so the the relationship stuff makes sense but it's the amount of times he's proven us wrong you know like how many times have moves that he has made been criticized and none of them have turned out to be the mistakes that we thought that they were going to be right like drafting cam johnson doing that trade you had the ricky rubio contract you had the jalen smith pick which that one does remain to be seen a little bit, but he's done it his own way. He's, you know, he's dumped money. He's bought guys out that, that you know, Suns fans weren't always happy to see bought out. He's, he's traded, you know, made trades that he didn't win every single time. And yet the results are, are obvious right there. Like you just said, he, the, the executive of the year trip to the finals, young team and, and able to bring it back and run it back and, and double down on that success. So that's been what's so surprising I me. Mean, you you've had the chance to sit down with him a few times um, for pretty long interviews, in addition to just covering the team day to day. What do you think? Like, have you ever talked about that with him in terms of like the perception of these things, or or how they're received among fans, or you know the the unorthodox way that he goes about it? Because it, it doesn't seem like he's phased by this stuff, but he must be aware of it. Well, uh, you were talking about some of the moves that he made. That the, the, the Ty Jerome one is one where I'm like, yeah, he made a he made, he made a lot of things happen to get the guy. Mm-hmm. He did that, get Baines in that deal, though, right? Yeah, so he did, he did get Baines, and that and that yeah. probably was the, 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 the that was the better end of it. But still, mm-hmm. um, yeah. young that, guy that did not work out that, at all. It yeah. didn't work out. Um, and like you say, the Jalen Smith remains. Seen, but for the most part, uh, he's made moves that, uh, of course, because of course, Dario came with the Cam Johnson. So uh, to be able to bring him in, and then obviously, you know, the home run with Chris and then Crowder and, uh, you know, some of those moves. And then what he was able to do with getting Shamit, you know, when, 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 when he stopped having the G League team. That was criticized. It was like, come on, man, you need a G League team to 
to develop young guys. Well, you don't, you don't hear that anymore. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if that was ever his his decision anyway, but, personally. But he, he, he had to basically, in terms of when you're talking about developing a team, now that's yeah. got to be taken into account now, which is why picks, you know, he traded, you know, you, you know, he's okay with trading the pick because not only was it low, obviously, in the draft, but then he ends up getting Shaman, who was a higher, you know, as far as, you know, a player that's, that's been in the league, uh, has been on good teams, and is more of a scorer than Javon Carter is. So it's almost like, you know, he, he, he and, that, and Carter's a popular guy. That, that's one of the things, too. He's traded popular players. Mm-hmm. Carter, Oubre, Rubio, like, those those three were were favorites, and I think that he he, he doesn't get caught up in, you know, that it's more of hey look how you know where is his team at, and he's constructed it in a way where, you know, it fits guys fit with each other and the the chemistry and the bonding and all of that, but uh, you know one of the things that that I've find interesting and in, in just speaking with him is that he he doesn't want to take credit for anything. I asked LeBron doing All-Star Week that All-Star one day, and I was like, hey, but how much credit should James Jones get by the Suns of what the Suns have become? And he was like, well, you should get all the credit. Now, granted, him and LeBron are boys. You know, they're tight. But LeBron puts that on front street and says, hey, James Jones should get all the credit. James Jones' response was, well, LeBron's my friend. That's my brother. I, I love him. But no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to take all the credit. Now, this is the not only the face of the league, but this is the face of the league for the last since he got in the league. So, so mm-hmm. this guy is saying it in his gospel, and then for Jones to basically say thank you, but I'm just a I'm just a piece of what's happened. Mm-hmm. That just speaks that he doesn't have this ego, which some people in his position. Considering what he has done, quite frankly, would probably have. So I yeah, and I, that, that that that's an impact. That's that's part of what makes him appealing to uh, those who see him and see him see him do his job. And it's trickled down, right? I mean, I think that that a lot of what you just said about James would be how you define the culture of this team. And so, as much as I just said, he kind of lurks behind the scenes a little bit, and and we don't always see him front and center. He rarely gives press conferences and. He's by no means a, you know, Mark Cuban or Daryl Morey type that's going to be out there in front of everybody. He is, um, he does impact the way that this group functions and operates. And so I agree with you, though, he he is not uh, one to claim that for himself or, or take that uh, credit. But the other guy that I think he's more than happy to give that credit to, the guy you said was his favorite or your favorite of his moves, the, the one that's been the most impactful uh, is the hiring of Monty Williams. So let's transition to him really quickly here. In our next segment, first though, a quick word from Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper looked at fantasy basketball, basically said it's broken. Teams were winning and losing just based on whose team, whose players had more games that week. And uh, what they did is decide to fix it. They created the Game Picks fantasy basketball system, which allows users to pick one game per player per week, set their lineup only once per week, leave it be. 
and watch the points add up and the the wins roll in. So you just said it that one time at the beginning of each week based on matchups, based on the defense that your guy's going to be playing against any given night, the pace of play, all the different things that you know matter, but you only have to do it one time. That is the most important thing. If you love fantasy football, it is very, very similar. Again, that is the game pick system. What you're going to do is go to the Sleeper app, download it, start a game picks league with your friends and enjoy. It is that simple. Have fun. Think about it less, less mindless lineup setting and more winning over at Sleeper. Today's show also brought to you by Sweatblock, the little secret to confidence right in your back pocket. That's right. It is a deodorant, but not like what you're thinking. It is not a stick. It's not something you got to bring clunky, whatever barely fits in your bag. It is again, fits right in that back pocket because it's a wipe. You just open it up. It's like a wet nap. You apply it. They say, put it on before bed, go to sleep. And they say it lasts up to seven days. Now I know my Valley listeners probably don't buy that. They're worried. Hey, I'm not going to wear deodorant multiple times in a day. And I get that. Use it up as many times as you need, but it works that well. Apply it before bed and it'll last you at least through the whole next day. Stops that sweat, stops that odor in its tracks. So whether you've got a big presentation going on, you've got somebody new that you're catching up with, whatever the case may be, or you're just walking around in the valley sun, we know that can be plenty, plenty hot itself. Use sweat block, use that wipe and cut that odor and cut that sweat out in its tracks. Go to sweatblock.com today to try it out. Use the promo code locked on at checkout to get 20% off your first order or check these guys out at Amazon and CVS. Okay, Dwayne. So Monty Williams, um, you like the ads? You like the sweat block? Are you going to try it out? I feel like I'm, I'm sensing you're going to get some for yourself. No, don't think so. Don't think so. It's, it sounds lovely for those who have that issue, but. Dwayne doesn't sweat is what he's telling us. Anyone who sweats needs sweat block. I don't have the <laughs> armpit sweat issue. That's I, all. I feel you. I feel you. But God bless um, those who do, and that sounds like a good thing for them. It's it it works. I promise you. They sent me a pack, and look, even just yeah, during the summers, bad, huh? even just during the summers, it does work wonders. You you don't realize how much you're you got going on until you start to cut it out. But oh, God. let's pivot to Monty Williams because he is the uh, the man of the hour here. Um, kind of thinking in the future for him. I wonder what the next step. You know, we've gotten some media day comments. You've been at practice a few days now. We don't know yet what this season will will fully look like. Right. But what do you think he sees as the next step? Because he's so big on program, right? He's so big on we're we're building. The finals trip was ahead of schedule. Yes, we wanted to win it. Yes, we think we were capable of winning it. But at the end of the day, these guys are still young, and I'm still making my mark here. What do you right. think he sees as the next steps for him as he leads this team? Well, just a big picture is obviously winning the championship. Uh, but that's a given. I mean, that's what that's, that's what every team wants to do. But when you get as close as they did, uh, then, I, then that's that's the big picture. Hey, win a championship, um, you know. And I think with him, one of the things that he talked about, he, he takes a lot of pride in the fact that they're able to uh, transfer stuff now faster, you know, because now it's his third year. So that whole continuity thing is big for him. And having most of the guys back, I, I think the next step is, is not really a step per se, it's to continue that. 
not have a not have a lot of turnover. You know, he, he likes he, he likes what he likes. You know what I mean? So, you know, he, he likes certain players. You can see that. He, he likes to play a certain way, and if he and he likes to bring in guys that can fit that. And so, being able to maintain most of your players to return, uh, I, I think is big for him because it, it eases the the eases him into things. He doesn't have to stress about that. You know, he doesn't have to worry. Okay, well, this guy does he not know? He, he's like, okay, well, I got Devin, DeAndre, Cam, Mikael. These guys know what I want from them. Jay's back. Chris is back. Nader's back. You know, so he, 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 the familiarity is huge for him. So keeping that going, I don't think he wants to have a uh, you know this constant rotation of guys. Uh, where he said we start, so I think that's huge for him. But you know, players talk about like Cameron Payne was saying that you know he just drew up the coach Williams just drew up a play, and they were like, "Yeah, we've never seen that before." I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the offense evolve even more. You know, but what we're yeah. seeing this could be really vanilla stuff. If you really think about it, it's pick and roll, guys fighting up for threes. You find a guy or you shoot or you try to find DeAndre. Uh, 0.5 is auto where they're just moving and cutting and this and that. I think that the offense will, if he, you know, continues to have success, will evolve even more and you'll see things that you haven't seen from him. And whatever that is, whether that's, more, more uh, working eight and out of the post and things breaking off of him. Whether that's uh, he, he likes the idea of guys outside of like he was talking about Landry Shaman, and he's saying, hey, you know, I like the fact that he might that he could do some things with the ball and other guys are off the ball. So it's like more playmakers. He's, if you you know, I know you've noticed this. He's always talking about guys making the right play. He wants as many players as possible to be able to go make a play. That's why he puts the ball in Bridges' hands and you're sometimes watching and going, why is Mikhail trying to make a play for somebody else? Well, that's what Monty Williams wants. I, I think the ultimate goal would be to have five guys on the court that could go make a play for each other. At all times, I think that's the ultimate would be for him offensively, to where he calls a play and he's got all these options, but he's got five guys that if I if I give it to him, he's going to be able to pass, dribble, shoot, and and so if he can get that kind of continuity, because the offense has the continuity as far as running the system, the next step is getting all of all five guys to be at one to the point where, you know, guys are passing because they really only have, you know, two real playmakers right now. It's Chris and Devin. The goal, I think, for him is to have, like I say, more than more than those two or just more than two guys that he can, that he can trust that or make a play. And then he's constantly pushing that envelope of play hard, play with fours, being pushed to the edge, you know, you might. You, I, I can see more of that because 
he didn't like the fact that he didn't practice much last year. He was like, this you know, least amount of practice ever. So now that, now that they're back to this normal schedule, you're going to see more. They're going to be practicing more than any team in the league. <laughs> you're going to see more practice. So yeah, I think those are the next steps for him, finding guys that not only fit his system, but finding guys that can create for each other. And I think the ultimate goal for him to have five guys on the floor that can all create for, for one another. And, and Aiden talked about today how they're starting to trust him with playmaking situations. So that tells me that Aiden may have the ball where he's having to make a decision on what to do with it. And not that he hasn't done that before, but I mean more in the more of this happening faster. And Aiden just holding it and looking and looking and looking and looking. And, looking and, and then the shot clock's down to five seconds. And he throws it back out and, and Devin's hoisted up some three and then giving him that look like, dude, what is that? So, yeah. 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 No, I, I think I think playing a little bit faster, playing uh, that like that, that play that went viral in the finals last year when they had, what was it? 20 passes. Right, right, and right. Aiden Twitter finished. blew up yeah. everybody. Wow. It's the Spurs. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and it's like, it's not the Spurs. And I think that's fine because the Spurs had, you know, three hall of famers, four hall of famers when they were at their peak in, in the mid to, you know, mid 2010s. So nobody should be saying the Suns should be there, but I think that's, you know, that's the the ceiling of where they want to get. And right. it's going to take some of that young player development. And it's going to take more of the Cameron Payne rejuvenations, frankly, because team teams get expensive, right? Like right. we saw that makes such a difference that they were able to find this cheap backup point guard who ended up being right. able to, you know, be a top seven guy in a, in a final series. You know, it's going to take Shamit becoming a guy like that or, Jalen Smith or some player we've never heard of yet or don't think of right now becoming that. And I think that's going to be a different part of Monty's job, but it's, it's going to have to happen because he has to implement the system, but that's already coming along. So now it's, you know, how can we spread that, that core strategy and, and culture out to 15 guys, 17 guys, and, and right. make that something where you come here and you get better, not just, you know, we're a good team. So I'm really interested to see it because it is a new chapter. He does have a full training camp. But that leads us uh, to some of the bigger questions that I had, more, more specific questions here as we keep this going. But first, a quick word from Rock Auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars. Look, most people probably couldn't even tell you what car they actually have, let alone uh, what part they're going to need when something breaks down. They don't know if it's an, you know, an SL versus an SX versus a you know, 2012, 2013, people don't know that. We have busy lives. We don't know how to keep track of all that stuff. Rock Auto solves that problem for you. You just type in the make and model of your car, scroll down to the part that you need, whatever happened to be broken, click purchase, it's at your door within days. So save 30, 50, even 100% on the same exact part you'd buy at a retail store or dealership by heading over to Rock Auto. Again, that's rockauto.com. And when you make your first purchase, Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one spot for all of your pro and college football betting needs throughout the fall and winter. 
With a new updated site and interface, you get even more odds, props, and contests at betonline.ag, and they continue to be, again, the number one source for pro and college football. Here's what you're going to do to celebrate. Go to betonline.ag, make an account, and when you make your first deposit, you're going to use the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100 all together, all one word, to get a 100% welcome bonus. That's right. They are doubling your money when you use that promo code on your first deposit. From football, basketball, and boxing to your favorite Vegas casino games, betonline.ag is your one-stop shop all season long. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out here with number two on our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. And let's close out here, Dwayne. Um, something that I just don't think has gotten asked, and I don't know if you have any insight on it. It's random. It's a little bit too far ahead. Do you think we could expect extensions for either James or Monty in the coming future? Because that tends to be the coronation of, oh, you you know, you get to the championship. You, even if you don't win it, there's everybody gets paid, right? And that didn't happen. So I actually don't even know what James Jones's contract structure looks like. I don't know if you do. I believe Monty's in year two of five, so it's a little early for him. But I wonder if you have any thoughts on if we should expect that. Yeah, this is year three. Year three, yes, year three, year three, coming off of year two. Yeah, coming off of year two. Um, It it was weird because I don't don't know the exact details of James's contract, but remember he was the assistant Mm -hmm. uh, GM, and then he just, he he was an interim. So the interim was probably around the same amount as the assistant. Probably a little more, but I don't think much more. So now he's been, now he's the GM. So I got to believe that he is definitely due. Uh, Monty, you got to look at a couple of things. One, the economy. I know it's crazy because the, the sons are, <laughs> got a lot of dollars, but, but still, uh, we we obviously went through we've gone through some something with the pandemic and that's affected infected pockets. So I think that's being taken into account. Um, and the thing with that, like I always try to remind people, and I know you're kind of saying the same thing. It's like these are very wealthy people; these are very right. big businesses. But at the same time, relatively speaking, right. the Suns are a smaller team. Robert Sarver is not the billionaire owner that oh, some right. teams have. Like that is stuff to keep in mind. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, because they're paying a lot of people. And they're gonna have to pay even more, you know, because um, we know we're talking about extensions. We know Aiden. Uh, yeah. I, I just gotta believe he's gonna get one. And you know, Bridges—they're probably gonna have to work some magic in the off season. Because uh, I, I don't don't think you can get. I mean, you. I mean, look, you only can give two maxes. So the only the Booker has one. Aiden would be obviously the other. Uh, but then bridges, you figure end of the year they're going to have to do something. If they want to keep him, they got to pay him. Cam Johnson in the future, want to keep him, probably had to pay him. Uh, you re up Crowder, you know. Uh, Chris, I think this is like it's ending the career in Phoenix. I just, I just think, well, if he can, if he can get through these four years, uh, you know that that obviously that money is there, but. If you're going to stay in the championship hunt, you've got to pay players. It's just, yeah. just no getting around it. 
So you got to pay everybody. I yeah, mean, yeah, you're right, yeah. right. You got to pay everybody, but mm-hmm. you you know you know you have to pay players, and so money is definitely due for extension. I was expecting that to happen this year, to be honest. Coming off the, off the finals, mm-hmm. I thought, well, okay, they might want to bottle him up for longer than what is what where he's at. But that may be something that you know after three years, if if he does. You know, playoffs and they make a, a a decent run or a strong run or get back to the finals or 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 win it and win it all, then you know that the extension is should be coming after that. But with uh, I, I wouldn't I, I I just can't see how you're gonna if those two continue the job that they're doing, I don't see how you can't pay them. Yeah. The question is. Uh, is it going to be some ridiculous number? I don't think so. I just think it'll be extension, more more money. But I don't see no. I don't see. They're, they're not getting the Masai Ujiri deal. Right, right. I don't see soon. that. I just don't see that. And yeah. I don't see it here. So yeah. Uh, and I think we. I mean, history shows it's probably never going to come here, right? I mean, like it. That's just in some ways it's the reality. I mean, if you can have sustained success and this market starts to look different and you know, the, the media market here and every like, it is a much bigger conversation as much as we want it to be. You win and you get paid. There are always going to be factors. Those guys knew that when they took this job, they knew that they know that right now. Um, I would, I I honestly wonder, and like, you know, I, I, we both could do digging and I don't know how much we'd actually find out here, but I almost wonder if Jones has gotten a raise at some point and we just don't know because I can't imagine that that guy's making the amount of money that he, made back when he was you know ryan mcdonough's number two i I, that just i I cannot fathom that that would still be happening and uh he shouldn't he shouldn't accept that if that has happened but to 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 pivot to what you had said about the sort of cooks in the kitchen and you know keeping everybody players coaches leadership um what where i kind of want to close is that you look in like this offseason so trevor buckstein's been there forever you know, we have guys like Ryan Resch who have been there for a while under Jones. And this there is some continuity. Jeff Feld was there for the past couple of seasons. And these are names people may or may not know. But there are, you know, there are sort of Jones's brain trust. But Jeff Bauer left, right? And you also had, um, over the past little bit, you had Darko Rajakovich leave. And then you, you also had... Uh, who just left? Willie. Willie Green. Willie. Yeah, of course. So Never what I what I'm course. getting at here is like it's putting a lot on those two, right? Like they are very yeah. much the shepherds of this this program at this point in time. There isn't that continuity there. By jumping ahead a little bit with the winning, they also jumped ahead with the you know poaching that happens. So I wonder like do you think that will affect this at all? Do you think, you know, some, some guys leaving in that change, it will affect things or do you feel like with those two, it, it's going to sort of be, you know, continuity and consistency like we've seen? Well, again, that's why, you know, they, they talked about it being a shortened off season, a shorter off season and how that's why they hired the assistants that they hired that were familiar with coach Williams, because, you know, it was like, can't do this gigantic surge here. We got to, you know, hey, look, I, 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 yeah, I know him. Okay, I know him. Yeah, yeah, I coached him. You know, it's like all these connections here that led to them picking the guy that they picked. That wasn't the only reason, but that was a, a very huge part of it. So 
that's you know that that's a way for them in some way to keep this continuity going. But when you do win, like you said, you do lose guys because other teams go, yeah, you know. And Willie Green, if the Suns are a 500 team last year, and they did what they did the year before, as I said, they were just a 500 team this year. They got to the playoffs. Maybe they did the play-in thing, and they played in the first round and lost to Utah. He doesn't get hired. Yeah, well, they're getting hired. They get hired. They just, I mean, he might not even get interviews. He definitely doesn't get hired. Yeah, he might get an interview or two, but he's not getting hired. And it's unrelated to whether he he deserves it. He just right, that's exactly. not what happens. Right, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's even even Coach Williams admitted he's like this is unheard of. You know, a guy two years on the bench, yeah, ends up becoming a head coach. And he coach, was, on the Warriors, he was like the oh well, you know, what's this video guy up to? He he right, seems interesting. Right. That was only a few years ago we were doing those stories about him. Now he's a head coach. Yeah, it's crazy. And not only that, not only coaching, but he's coaching like the transcendent talent. Zion Will, like they basically were saying, okay, we didn't believe in Van Gundy. That that wasn't gonna work. So we're gonna bring you in to figure this out. Because you're the most different from Stan Van Gundy that there is, right? Like like, we're gonna see can can you think can you do it? Can you make this happen for us? This guy is such a great player. Can you make him be something? And so something beyond just his talent, someone that you can win with in the NBA. So, I mean, you have those type of situations and if they're winning at a high level, they're going to, and not only that, like, I mean, just, just, just rewind it real quick. Cameron Payne, I'm sorry. I mean, I know he wanted to be there, but they got, they got a bargain. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, they got a bargain with this guy. I mean, so when you look at money being spent and then of course the money was spent on the arena, money that's spent on the practice facility, they got a bargain with Cameron Payne. So that's like one of those yeah. moves where he could have bolted. I know somebody yeah. else would have paid the guy more. And, you know, Payne's like, well, I, you know, when I went out, just did a little seeking out, or like he's like, he almost like he said, you know, I did like a, a soft feel of where I stood. Yeah. And then, I, but I wanted to play here anyway. So it's like, that's just an example of, the type of stuff that they're doing, whereas, whereas he, if he was somewhere else, and again, Suns were a 500 team, and he did what he did just in the regular season. He'd been out of it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because he can we go, we can go play for another 500 team and get paid. So the fact that he stayed for the amount he stayed for just speaks to what they're doing with this franchise. It's just crazy. And now, mm-hmm. how are they going to, like you say, maintain that knowing that not only are they going to get poached, you know, in the future if they keep winning like this, but you're going to have to start paying people. How, how, how are you going to keep it going? And those, those, those two, when Sarver picks up the phone, He's calling those two people and saying, yeah. where are we at with this? I'm looking at what so-and-so did. I'm looking at what so-and-so did. I'm looking at what so-and-so did. What can we do to keep up with that? Because if you look at the other teams, right, I mean, they 
they they they went out. Like they 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 you know like like the Nuggets paying Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, they, I mean, other teams are just like, hey, we we going in because you know the whole we know what the Lakers did, but then Dallas doing what they did as far as Luca and all these other teams are making these moves, and then when you stay pat, pretty much like the Suns did, that tells me the team owner is saying. You know what? I trust what y'all done. Let's go ahead and yeah. stick with this. And so, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think I think that's a that's exactly where I'm at as well. Is it a lot is writing, and it's not just Monty and, and James. Like I think you have to include if we're talking about the whole brain trust book and and Chris as well. Right. Um, and, and I think those four are really the leadership and and kind of the 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 heartbeat, if you want to say that. But it is pressure because it's it's hard to keep doing this. Like you look, the Spurs, Pop has you know he he's had to get you know lose a couple here and there. Brett Brown, Mike Budenholzer, but he keeps assistance for a long, long time if he yeah. wants to. And I imagine it's because they get paid pretty well to stay there. You know he yeah. has guys in that front office that have been there forever. The Heat, another one, that stability of Riley Spolstra, their GM, their assistant GM, guys like Udonis Haslam, like you. You just have to have that. There's no way to just luck into consistent success. Those pillars need to be there. And at the really, at the end of the day, the, these two guys are the biggest pillars, and they're bearing a lot of weight right now. So um, appreciate you jumping on to talk with me about these two because I knew you'd be the right guy. I'm glad we had a good conversation about it. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. You can check him out at Dwayne Rankin on Twitter. He, of course, is in the Arizona Republic. He is at azcentral.com writing about the team every single day and uh, doing great work. Thanks for coming on, Dwayne. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a good one.